Welcome to the Decompression Chamber. I am your host as always, Andrea, and joining me today is one of my old shipmates, Stephen Vineyard. How are you doing today, Steve? I'm doing well, Andrea. It's great to see you and hear you again. It has been about five years since we've uh, last talked and seen each other. I know. it's It's been way too long, but uh, but yeah, while I was still living in Utah and laid up from a broken ankle, uh, you were in town for a visit. We we got to go shooting, got to go do some cool stuff and, and do some shipmate stuff. It was awesome, man. Right. It was a great time. I remember I was uh, on my way back. I uh, got out of the military. It was back in 2017 at that time, and I was yeah. driving back from uh, Corpus Christi, Texas, doing my little road trip all the way back to uh, the west coast of uh, Sacramento, California. Yeah, yeah. No, that was uh, that was great. Definitely, definitely a highlight. I was uh, not in the best spirits, being uh, being laid up and not really getting to go out and do cool stuff. So that was that was an awesome visit and uh, great to see you. And great to see you now. We'll try and not make it another five years, but uh, <laughs> but absolutely. But as I'm finding out with uh, with a lot of these shows, I I don't really know a whole lot. Of background about people I've served with, you know, we've we spent hours and hours and hours on boats and uh, mm -hmm. and chatting it up. We can pick up right where we left off, but uh, but kind of the, you know, the early stages of our lives are kind of giant gaps. At least at least it is for me. So we'll we'll delve right into it. Where where are you from? Well, I was uh, born in San Francisco, California. Um, was raised there till I was about 12 mm -hmm. and uh, about that time my family moved over to Sacramento, California, one of the, I think, hottest and driest places <laughs> today. Yeah. You know, so if you got any water over there on the East Coast, we could definitely use it here in the West. <laughs> I, I think we've got but, um, a couple gallons to spare, maybe. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, but yeah. Um, Grew up uh, Sacramento, then uh, joined up in the Navy at uh, 19. Wow. Wow. So, that, Sacramento. <laughs> that is awesome. So uh, what year, and then what year did you graduate high school? I graduated in 2008. Okay. So okay. Awesome. So I spent a... Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry? Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, yeah, 2008, um graduated high school and honestly military wasn't the first thing on my mind when I got out it was an idea mm -hmm. but um what I wanted to do was uh law enforcement and uh okay. I tried everything outside of joining the military to get into law enforcement because my family was pretty adamant about me joining the military because it was 2008 I believe um Mm -hmm. They were doing a uh, surge back into Iraq and Afghanistan at that time. Right, right, yeah. I mean, and uh, my mom was just terrified of me joining up and being sent over there and all that stuff. But, you know, I, at the time, I wanted to do law enforcement and all the uh, avenues I tried to take, um, like going to college was expensive. For sure. Uh, finding a job was really hard to try to pay for college um because it was the recession too you know 2008 right right yeah um yep and then uh 
trying to just sign up to join up the uh, Sacramento County Sheriff's Department or the Placer County Sheriff's Departments. Yeah, I was also just not in great shape either. Mm-hmm. So it was it was it was it was uh, it was really difficult kind right. of just trying to do it without the whole military thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I I can imagine. Um, now, did you know, was there anyone in your family or you knew anyone else who had who had served? Um, my cousin on uh, my mother's side, um, my first cousin, he served in the army mm-hmm. for, I believe, four tours. Oh, wow. Either four tours or two tours. He did two in Iraq and two in Afghanistan. Wow. And, um, you know, I, I love my cousin to death. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd do anything for him. But, you know, being sent over there that many times is uh, definitely left a mark on him. For sure. Yeah. I, if it doesn't you know. change you, that would be a giant red flag. Um, you yeah. Know, it's just a huge, huge experience. Um, okay. So you'd at least had some exposure to that, but, um, but you were looking at the military kind of like you say more in terms of like, maybe it'd be a good, good pathway for you to get to your ultimate goal, which was becoming a cop. Okay. Yeah. Great. Um, at the time, um, because every Avenue just seemed to be kind of really hard to get to expensive to get to, or, uh, just kind of out of reach because I don't have certain minimum requirements. Um, I, started playing with the idea of joining the military and uh, it was funny because my mother brought up the idea saying you know if you wanted to join the military to use the Montgomery GI Bill or to get money for college you know you can do that and it kind of just opened a door for me to just like all right well I'm gonna go into the uh, recruiting offices and just see who's uh what do they offer and uh (laughs) I remember that day when I went there, I didn't go to the Navy first. Mm-hmm. My first choice was the Air Force. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, when I got to the office, they were closed, and they had a sign posted up on the window uh, saying that they were out of the office for the day. Here's our number. You know, call and leave a message. So, you know, I gave them a call. No one picked up. Left the message saying, hey, you know, my name. I'm interested in, uh, you know, possibly joining the Air Force. You know, give me a call back. For sure. And, uh I figured, you know what, since I'm already here, um, Navy office is right next door. I, They were like my second choice, so mm-hmm. went into there and uh, spoke to uh, the recruiter. The first recruiter I spoke to was a uh, petty officer, second class, uh, St. Louis. Mm-hmm. Forgive me if you're listening. I forget your, uh, <laughs> your rate, but I knew <laughs> you were second class. <laughs> yeah, um, so it's important. And... Uh, and they sold it to me pretty much, you know, they're like, yeah, you know, we got a law enforcement police force, you know, we do some cool high speed, low drag stuff, you know, all the selling and stuff. Of course, all the terminology of that yeah. time. <laughs> yeah. Yep. All the hot words. Yeah. And uh, there was there was one recruiter there that was uh, the salty one, the one that was like, man, fuck this place. I'm just done with this bullshit. I'm ready to fucking retire and get out. He's like the guy that's almost done with retirement. Yeah, yeah. Or no, almost to retirement. Yeah. He's the one that um he was a first class um Schaefer, I believe was his name. Uh or Stifler. <laughs> <laughs> but um <laughs> he, he reminds me of a Stifler. Yeah, all right. But, uh, fair enough. 
but uh he he yeah, he told me you know the hard truths about the navy just like yeah you know you're gonna experience some bullshit you know you'll be doing you know your job like maybe 10 15 percent of the time the rest of it is just yep cleaning maintenance cleaning yeah being yelled at for something dumb <laughs> exactly yeah and yeah and you know i took it with a grain of salt it's like okay you know right, right. consider I'm, I'm the messenger some bullshit. yeah yeah for sure and um and yeah and the funny thing is after i decided to sign up with the navy the next day the air force uh, recruiter gives me a call uh, replying to my message hey you know we heard that you wanted to sign up and i told him yeah i already signed up with the navy sorry guys and they're like oh no that's fine that's fine <laughs> and um you know i'm i'll get back to this point you know it, further in our story but you know years later when i think about it you know it's like man i kind of wish i could have gone air force because they got the money they got the training and they got you know all the nice toys yeah that that is true i kind of wonder what would have happened if i had gone another branch you know it's just you know like in your case like it's scheduled just been a little different that day you know whole different trajectory yeah. for for your time during while well, in service um all right great so um now when you signed up and you know taking the ASVAB or whatever else going to maps i mean you knew that you wanted master at arms or were you open to other rates or how did that go so to get into um the master at arms rate it felt like uh a bit of a obstacle course to get to it because of my uh my history okay and what i mean by my history is like i've i've smoked marijuana mm -hmm. i smoked weed i still mm -hmm. smoke weed today you know it's it helps me helps me relax and be creative with what i do today there you go. but um back then uh when trying to go for a law enforcement position and you know i tend to be an overly honest person mm -hmm. when it comes to stuff like this like i have a hard time lying to people so when right. like did you ever you know use any illegal drugs i'm like yes i smoked weed and my recruiter's like you're not supposed to say that but um here's the paperwork to fill out <laughs> okay <laughs> to yeah. uh you know waiver it and all that stuff here's a waiver you know explain you know you tried it three times on these dates and they were for experimental uses purposes i'm like right yep exactly yeah yeah and uh yeah, that went all the way up to um, the NRDC, the I guess the recruiting headquarters on the West Coast, and Holy got signed God. off by the commander for wow. me to be able to be in to be an MA. And that was after going through the MEPS bullshit or the yeah the MEPS bullshit. That day sucked. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I I don't really remember it. It was kind of a blur, but I knew it was not fun. Same. Not happy. Yeah. And I had to take the ASVAB that day too. Uh, yeah. After they, all of that. They made me take it like the night before and then they put me up at the hotel and then the next day was all maps. But yeah, that sounds terrible. <laughs> it's just, yeah. it's all bad. Uh, like, oh, I mean, looking back on it now, it was, it was a blast, you know, and like I've heard in your um, other episodes, you know, about maps and stuff. It's like, yeah, you know, looking back at it, it's just, it's a joke. Yeah. You know, these, these doctors and these civilians, they don't, they, they don't hold any power over you you know they they're just there to fucking bully you and to kind of i guess you know get you a thick skin just for the military which is understandable but you don't got to be a fucking dick 
Yeah. You know, I'm doing yeah. my thing to try to get college or, you know, to do this. You know, I don't need I don't need your shit. But yeah. at the time, you know, I young 19 or 18 at the time. Yeah. And uh not knowing the hell's going on, thinking, yeah, these people have power over me. I better do what they say. Yeah, yeah. No, it it was it was kind of fun going through the second time. The second time I really remembered it, and it's like, <laughs> I'm just like, yeah, whatever. Fuck you. You can't tell me what to do. <laughs> what are you going right? to do to me? Fire me? I mean, come on. <laughs> Get real. Can I mean, I, fire me? <laughs> I was nice to him, at least, and, like, you know, joked around with him and stuff, and, you know, and mainly it was, yeah. you, know, it, you know, I'm turned around shitting on teenagers. I'm like, can you believe these fucking kids? So, like, oh, ridiculous, right? <laughs> but... Uh, but yeah, it was just like, it's not my first rodeo type deal, but yeah, like definitely my first time going through uh, exact same thing. I'm like, oh man, I got to hurry up and wait and do what they say. And I, I got to make it through this. Yeah. There's a lot more writing on it your first time around. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, just thinking about that day, I wish I had the chance to take the, I guess this is like an advice for anyone that's thinking about joining the military, do the asvab before you do maps because if you do it at maps you're going to be so tired because they'll make you test at like the very end you're going to be so tired so worn out your mind's going to be a fog i was lucky enough to get enough like points to make my rate and even then i had to like haggle with them with quotation marks you know just like hey you know i really want to do this rate you know then they offered me gunner's mate and uh nice. corman I, I really thought about gunners mate i really thought you know that that'd be cool oh and ao uh yeah. aviation ordinance blow stuff um <laughs> yeah i don't get to blow stuff up though i get to load the stuff that gets to blow stuff up yeah all right that's, so, that's, that's the hard work <laughs> yeah that's that's true <laughs> that's true too yeah. good point but, i mean gunners mate was was a was a good idea that i was going to take at the time but in me, I was like, man, I spent all this time, all this dreaming to want to be a cop. And I was like, no, what, what will it take to get to make me an M.A.? Yeah. And they're like, well, since uh, it'll be a while before we could get you into a uh, billet, take up to a year. So I'm like, all right. Wow. So I was in the depth program for about a year and a half before they finally shipped me out. Jeez. Whew. Yeah, that's that is a long, long time. Now, uh, during that time, like, did your recruiter make you do like monthly meetings? Do you have to do any physical preparation? What did what did uh? Oh yeah. What what did preparing to leave for your ship date look like? So preparing to leave my ship date, being in the debt program, was like a uh, a weekly uh, meeting at the recruiting station to. Uh, do morning PT oh. to uh, recite the uh, Sailor's Creed to uh, uh, recite the um, eleven general orders. I could still recite them to this day, by the way. <laughs> um, <laughs> All right. And uh, you know, just just stuff about uh, command, uh, chain of command, um, ranks. You know, pretty much just kind of prepping you to get an idea of what to expect and to kind of get you as best prepared for going into the military, which, you know, something I really appreciated because, you know, it's being able to tell the difference between like a gold and a silver uh, Chevron, you know, was kind of really cool and useful. You know, I know who has 
yeah. tenure and who's been good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, you know, and who not to fuck with. Yes, yes, exactly. All right. Uh, no, that's uh, that's time well spent. I mean, the less you have to learn under pressure at boot camp, the better. <laughs> oh, yeah. But, I mean, it was also just the, uh, the networking and the uh, connecting with the other deppers that were shipping out, too. And, you know, yeah. being that I was going to be in that dep program for about a year, you know, I got to see quite a few people come in and go. Yeah. You know, they'd be in the debt program for like a month, three, you know, six, and they would all be gone. And there'd be like a few that would be like as long as me, like maybe one other, but, yeah, you know, everyone would be gone. And, you know, I get to get letters from them and, you know, hear how they're doing. And, you know, it's, it's amazing yeah. you know, to see them grow in the Navy. That's cool. And go through the bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. So, uh, so your date finally rolls around in uh, in two thousand nine. So, um, what? Uh, it was two thousand ten. Oh, it was twenty ten. Oh, okay, okay. Wow. Yeah. Yep. All right. Yeah, I was. I believe it was uh, end of twenty eight two thousand eight. I signed up, went through the whole debt program of two thousand nine. <laughs> okay. Until I shipped out june 22nd of 2010 wow all right okay all right so you go uh you go to great lakes and uh you already got the head start at least knowledge wise on boot camp um how do you remember much about boot camp i mean for me it's kind of a nebulous blur like a couple things here and there pop up but nothing no continuous i remember feeling like yeah i i remember feeling like a uh a prisoner like a uh it was it was wild like getting there at uh the time like late at night we got there at 11 and we were just going through processing and yeah it was just i mean it was it was great but you know being yelled at and you know half asleep because the day before we were um I wouldn't say partying at the hotel pool and, you know, <laughs> kind of having our last cigarettes and just chilling and just be like, hey, you know, we're about to go in. Yay. Yeah. Well, you know, just still trying to recover from that. Sure. Um, sure. Trying to follow directions the best I can while they're screaming at full volume, you know, within a feet of my ear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I, I remember uh, the first kind of shock, the real shock experience for me was, uh, when we were given our um, pretty much all our stuff for the rest of the time uh, at being boot camp and pretty much to strip down on that spot, everything we had and put it in a box and ship it out. Yeah. You know, everything I had on me, except, you know, the, the personal, you know, stuff you know, down to my underwear and, you know, next to me, the next dude was, you know, dick dangling out too. I'm like, well, shit, this is really happening. Wow. It's just like, oh man, here we go and um wild yeah and then just uh throwing on the pt clothes and we're all looking the same and then we go to get our our heads shaved and getting our id pictures like god i, I remember that id picture um i'm, I'm skinhead looking <laughs> tired half dead i'm just looking like a concentration camp prisoner <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i i remember in like those yeah, those ID pictures with your stupid yellow shirt. Yeah, you don't look like mm -hmm. a person at all, man. Like, you could not wait to exactly. get promoted, lose this ID card, whatever it took to get a new picture. 
Yeah. Thing just dogged yeah. you. I really wish I had that uh, picture or that ID today just to look back and just be like, man, that was one hell of a day <laughs> or one hell of a time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Holy cow. Yeah. I, of course, mine's mine's long gone. And uh, <laughs> I just got out of the reserves. I have two IDs. Don't ask why, but I have two IDs. Yeah, it just happens. <laughs> and they are basically identical photographs. They took two different ones, but like, I don't know. I, I go in there, I'm like, let's make this look as like the, like a DUI mugshot. And I mean, I nail it every time. I'm consistent. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, those, those P day pictures are probably much, much the same. Now, were you uh, in an integrated yeah. division or all male division? I was in a, um, all male division and, um, just to step back a little, a little bit on the, uh, that night of um, getting there and being integrated. Um, I don't know how long it took for you to get into a division once you arrived, but I felt like it took us absurdly long, like all night and we didn't get assigned a division till like four in the morning. Oh, or, wow. I, actually, you know what? I don't even know what time it was. It was just all, you were right, all a blur. But I remember like, it, this is, I'm, I'm kind of a little stuttering a little bit, but, uh, I remember sitting at desks and just being told to put our heads down and sleep. Yes. Like, did you ever? I remember that too. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I hated so that. I just don't know if it was just like our thing and they were just made us to wait forever. And I was just like, you know, I can't really sleep. This is uncomfortable. Boy, was I was a naive child then. I should have enjoyed that moment. <laughs> no, same here. I was like, no, they're going to do this so they can come in and screw with us. So like I would... I kept my head raised above my arm like a, an inch or two. So when I did fall asleep, I'd wake myself up because I was convinced, oh, they're going to screw with us. I need to be awake and alert. And yeah. It's like, you dummy, go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, they're probably still asleep, just getting up, getting their coffee. Like, all right, what's these new bunch of shit bags that we got? <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I remember that was also like the classroom induction area where you got sized for your shoes. And they're just mm -hmm. like yelling stuff. I had no idea what they told me. None. <laughs> and I'm like, I better guess the right shoe size because this is what I'm going <laughs> to wear for boot camp. And like, I guess like maybe a half size too small, too small. But then I was even that close. It was nothing short of miraculous. And then there was mm -hmm. like some other measurements you had to give that you're like flat footed or something like that. And I'm like, well, yeah, hope these shoes work. <laughs> right. I remember that. I... I gave them a size too big to what they assigned me. Mm -hmm. um, I usually wore a size 10, but uh, when I got there and they measured my foot and, you know, put, put us on those little feet pad things to, you know, for the whole, uh, yeah. the sh uh, sports shoes. Yeah. Um, they were like, yeah, you're size seven and a half wide. I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah. There's no way. Wow. But, but you know what? They were, they were right. And when I, uh, broke in those uh leather boots they were the most comfortable things i've ever worn in my life you know it was like second skin to me wow uh you know yep. sometimes the navy knows what it's doing <laughs> sometimes sometimes that's the key word yeah yeah <laughs> oh man um it, well any more uh i mean that's just like the first night of boot camp but uh any yeah any other great memories i mean i don't know swim training oh, absolutely. Or there firefighting are, there's oh there's plenty of good good memories of uh boot camp the first night getting to our um 
or compartment is what they call us in the uh, boot camp to our ship, which are just big buildings that are just named after ships, which is cool. Yeah. You know, got to get get the idea that you're going to be on a ship, living on a ship. So, you know, you better call it a ship. You better do it everything right kind of thing. Right. Um, but this wasn't uh, our – we weren't assigned a ship yet. We were at um, – what was that? The P-Days building. This was Pearl Harbor. the first two weeks. Of, yes. Yeah. Yep. Or preparation days. Yeah. No, I was thinking preparation days. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think it's pro. Yeah, or processing or something. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, the first two weeks where they pretty much put you in your uh, sweats and <laughs> pretty much process you through before you go through the train. Yeah. I have some great stories about that time, like a guy shitting himself next to me and literally just no! being there for a good out. So, remember when in boot camp? when during p days they did a blood draw on you to kind of just uh you know have test your blood and whatever and we're all in that room had to sit on our training books and all that yeah yeah so the guy next to me like he was the one next so he goes in there you know does the thing comes back sits down and he's like sweating i'm you know i'm I'm looking forward can't look left or right or anything you know looking forward but no sky lurking I, i see a you know bead of sweat um dropping down the side of his head and i i'm like man i start smelling something like something smells like shit oh no and and i'm like i I don't know what's going on like something is stinking and i don't you know i can't turn i can't talk or anything i'm sitting there you know hands on my lap just face forward and the recruit next to me gets up and i kind of just turn my head a little bit and the books the notebooks that we sit on Mm -hmm. it had shit marks like an ass cheek ass print with shit down the middle and i look and as he's walking down the the way i look at his ass and it's 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 soaked oh no and he's going he's going to the bathroom i think or going to one of the uh rdc's to talk to him and i believe they told him to go sit back down because he came right back and sat down no oh that's disgusting it was and um after like after everyone, like the whole division, which is like 40 people have gone through, you know, he's been sitting there in that for a while. You know, we came back to the compartment and he's still standing there, you know, with shit on his ass, Ugh. you know, and I'm I'm just like amazed, like, my God, this this guy. And, you know, I could understand because, you know, when we when we talked or when I when I heard later is that, you know, when he has blood drawn, you know, he passes out yeah. and he just happened to lose bowel control at that time. It oh, sucks. Wow. But oh. I thought that was one of the most funniest fucking things inside. Just like, man, the guy next to me just shit himself. Oh, poor bastard. Oh, what a yeah. I mean, he eventually did get cleaned up uh, at the end of the day. By the way. Oh no! So he like, probably because yep. that's probably morning time. So he's probably got to go to chow and everything else, like all soiled and nothing yep. they're gonna do yep. for him. Oh, what a poor fuck. I mean. I, I I I don't know. I lost sight of him at uh, after that, and I didn't. But see did him you until... lose scent of him? I mean, god damn. <laughs> yeah, I mean, once we got out of that room and got back to our compartment, I believe he did change. Good. So, good. but he just hadn't had a shower. Oh right, right, yeah, got it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, what a but nightmare. um, yeah, that was just that was just P days, and uh, I remember going down the uh, or going to the clinic to get our medical 
uh, records put in and get all our immunizations. And um, I remember just going down the line and just getting poked in each arm, you know, with just different vaccinations. I'm like, I'm going to feel so bad later. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And then the uh, infamous uh, peanut butter shot at the end. Yep. Right. Right in the tuchus. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad that they uh, gave us a, a choice of which cheek. <laughs> I don't remember getting a, a choice. I think it was just kind of, well, here you go. I, I... <laughs> wow, you guys. Yeah, it was like Burger King for you. It was just, you know, hey. It's the way it is. <laughs> yeah, and then you know I realize that these these uh these corpsmen are also training too. So you know when they try to draw blood, I remember getting stick more than three times in each arm trying to get a vein. Oh God. Yeah, my arms were black by the end of the day. Oh, of for course. That. That's ridiculous. But it is. But you know, I guess this. Cost-effective training, right? <laughs> must be. Must be for somebody. Good grief. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, good old P days. But yeah, the, theoretically, those, those only last about a week, and then you get finally into mm -hmm. training. But uh, any any cool stories, fun times from uh, you know actual training times, whether it be firefighting or yeah. anything else? Yeah. Uh, yeah, once uh once I got assigned to uh my ship, the uh USS Arizona. Love that ship by the way. Mm -hmm. Because I've been brainwashed to love it. But anyway, <laughs> uh the training that we did was um pretty awesome. Like the firefighting training was amazing. Yeah. Just putting on those gas masks that just fogged up and couldn't see shit. Yeah. But you know, you got to hold the end of the hose and spray at some fire, you know, that was cool. Yeah. Um the gas chamber wasn't as bad as I thought, but it still sucked. Yeah. Um, the um, what what was there? I know there was the Disneyland experience at the end, but I want to save that one because I got a good story there. Um, and what I mean by the Disneyland experience, I mean by battle stations. Oh yeah, yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. People forget, yeah. like yeah, it's built um, by like a, a Hollywood studio. It's it's wild, man. It is. I mean, it was the coolest thing, but it's wild. But I'm just trying to, before I get to that, I'm trying to think of anything beforehand. I mean, I remember, you know, some traumatizing moments where, you know, my chief is definitely, or my RDC has definitely got into my ear about some uh, one-lining on the the watch or the the watch report or the deck log. That's it, the deck oh, log. Oh, yeah, yeah. And literally broke the clipboard on the wall next to me. Holy <laughs> In crap. rage. I left crying and I yeah. thought I'd never like break down in tears for such a thing, but I was just like, wow. What, what was he? So like you said for one lining something like what you didn't initial it and he just like lost his mind on you or what, what happened? It, it was a lot of one lining. Oh, okay. <laughs> it was like half a page of one. -lining. <laughs> <laughs> He's All like, right. What the fuck is this? Yeah. And the, um, the second RDC, um, uh, GM2, I don't remember his name, but uh, he was like the chill kind of guy, but he could get angry if he needs to, but he's mostly just chill. He's just standing there straight face. And yeah, when he, he was the one that was talking to me first about the deck log, he's like, yeah, just one line that. No, one line that. No, one line that. And then, you know, the chief comes in, he looks at it, he's like, Daniel, what the fuck? And this, the the other RDC is not saying shit. Like, of no, course I'm not. Him to do that. He, yeah. he just, 
He just let him rip into me. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I you should do that as an RDC. <laughs> it's like, yeah. hey, shit rolls I mean, downhill. I'm not gonna be a, a barrier to that. So let her yeah. rip. Yeah, good good training experience there. Yeah. Um, but wow. uh, but after all that, you know, we get to battle stations and and getting to that point, I was so pumped, so excited because it was like the culmination of all the screaming the yelling the the push-ups the burpees you know all the the knowledge testing oh, and all yeah. stuff i was i was stoked i was pumped yeah oh, and that's awesome. uh yeah. and if uh if you remember the the night or the day before uh foul stations you were like kind of allowed to go run through the uh the halls of your ship to just yell i don't know something to, like your ship number or your d- d- division number you yeah. know to celebrate that this is your last day kind of thing yeah 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 i remember that i i remember our rdcs are kind of poo-pooing that they're like yeah you know what if you're what if you're running up and down the halls and you fall and you get hurt and then you can't do battle stations (laughs) that wasn't so smart was it you know (laughs) but i i do remember other people doing that yeah yeah whole lot of craziness but um once we uh got uh once we got the battle stations it was it was it was weird. It's like in my head, it's like, you know, I didn't know a thing about battle stations. I was like, they're gonna put us on a ship and simulate it. I'm like, I don't see any water nearby. I don't see any great bodies of water or anything is in this building. Yeah. What is in this building? Yeah. <laughs> and they have a whole freaking I wouldn't say a whole ship, but you know, the outside front half of like a ship in this dark room with sounds, smells, textures and everything. And I was like, Wow, this is amazing and you know looking back on it's like yeah that's definitely a disneyland experience yeah yeah no it was really Um, cool how they put that all together for sure oh yeah and then the the training exercises that they had us do were pretty cool like the uh the on i I was part of the onloading of the ship so they had us all in a line and you know just passing parcels down the line i was like you know this is cool training because i guess this is something we'll do out in quote unquote the fleet (laughs) right 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 yeah. And uh yeah, once we uh, got on board, uh you know, got assigned to certain stations. I, I, I was working in the CIC and uh I was um what was I doing? I was I had the headset on and I was listening to call outs from the the watch standards from the um from all the different posts around the boat to for what they spotted. I'm supposed to write it down. And they're just talking and just saying a whole bunch of different stuff. I'm like, how am I supposed to write all this down and just keep up? It's just like, this is tough. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, not knowing what's about to be, you know, coming up next and all that stuff. Um, I got, uh, we, you know, we got moved around to different stations to try different things. And, you know, got to go into the loud engine room, you know, turn some stuff, go into the control room, push some buttons and, you know, just sit there while the uh, instructors were kind of, sitting there shooting the shit and um i remember in between each um instruction we went into like the uh crew compartment room Mm -hmm. and we all had to like uh, bend down on our knees or you know sit squat down on our knee and uh or take a knee that's what i meant and uh i remember it was so uncomfortable and that we were just so you know starting to get tired and exhausted and then suddenly mm-hmm. shit goes down you know like alarms blare and like brace 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 i'm like what the hell is going on yeah, yeah. we're doing our thing and 
and then the uh, instructors are like yelling. I was like, brace, 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 and we're doing the thing. And then, you know, lights go out. They do the whole smoke um, thing, and they're like, okay, so here's the situation. You know, you got to go do this thing. There's damage here. There's this there. What this group, and we we're kind of assigned into groups of five or six, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we were sent into different uh, situations throughout the boat for uh, damage control, like uh, putting out fires. That was really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And that. also search and rescue. Uh, do you ever did the search and rescues like through the damaged room and all that? It yeah. Was all smoke and dark. Yeah, yeah, I do remember that. Yeah. How long yeah. did y'all uh, spend in there, by the way? I think we died in there. I think that was. <laughs> Same. We did not succeed. Because... Same. I remember. Um, I, you know, I don't even remember if we were supposed to go down there, because uh, we were in this room. We started in this control room. And we're like, okay, we need to get back to um, another compartment mm-hmm. to, uh, to um, what was the word, egress. Yes. And uh, they told us to check the door, you know, the Z pattern. Yeah. Uh, the, C, the feel if you feel any heat with the back of your hand. And uh, one of the other students says, yeah, I feel heat. And they're like, all right. The instructor's like, all right, what do you do now? Yeah. And we're all just kind of stumped there. Like, what do we do? Because we thought that was the only hatch in the room yeah and then we see this really tiny hatch on the floor that you know if you remember in uh the marlin spike uh mm-hmm. when they were demonstrating those small uh, manhole sized hatches that big people could still fit through them yeah yeah they're like can we go down there and the instructor doesn't say anything he just looks at us and we're like okay we open it up and just plumes of just smoke yeah coming out of it and we're like all right uh i guess we're going down there so we grabbed one of the um the lamps off of one of the walls mm-hmm. and uh we only had one lamp amongst six of us and we went Ooh. down into the dark wow and uh tried to find our way out through the wreckage the noise the screaming i mean it was all you know simulated and all but right the right. noise the screaming the the smoke i was worried about the smoke because i was like you know the navy is um not great on its budget and i'm not sure what kind of cheap knockoff brand (laughs) machine stuff that they're pumping into this room but i'm breathing a lot of it for a good half hour acme aerosolized (laughs) asbestos yeah (laughs) exactly so it's it's like i mean afterwards or in that room i start to kind of panic because i'm like i don't know what the stuff is and i'm breathing and i've been in here for a good half hour yeah and i'm trying to stay calm and you know we're trying to find a way out and there was like i said only one light amongst six of us in these very cramped compressed damaged quarters yeah yeah and then uh i believe it was i don't know how long it was but i believe it was like 30 to 45 minutes later um a compartment door opens and the instructor was standing out there he's like all right you guys are dead let's go back to the compartment (laughs) yeah you're like "Ah, crap (laughs) i mean i'm I'm glad i'm like all right there's there's the door let's get out of here get me out into some fresh air yeah yeah no kidding yeah i don't care if i'm dead or not like as long as i'm not in there anymore Wow. Yeah, I'm I'm dead. Definitely, definitely would not have survived that. But um, it was a great time. And uh, once we got to the the last part, or once we finally finished, and we were all kind of gathered at the uh, in one compartment to kind of tell us how we did. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure um, if they, this was a normal thing that they do, but uh, they told us that one of us wasn't going to um, 
be making it Ooh. or a few of us may not be making it because of something like did that ever happen during your time like did they ever have a talk like hey so you know you all did really good except maybe a few of you so we're gonna have to pull a few of you aside and uh you know we're gonna have to do this again or you know remediate or something um no they they did threaten to drop me though because i high-fived someone like what, what have we been <laughs> telling you since day one it was like some fat idiot who thought he was going to dive school and i'm just like what you know whatever like at this point i didn't yeah. care i'm like yes throw me out of training like i'm i'm done with this crap <laughs> um yeah, that was that was the only thing that came up. But they said like a couple, like a few of you might have to remediate. What what happened with that? So during um, the night when we were training, one person in uh, my group in particular, I'm not going to name names because he's he's a, a friend of mine. I haven't I actually haven't heard from him since then. Um, he was a bunk mate of mine, and uh, he was going through some weird mental stuff. I it's, yeah. it, I don't know how to describe it. It's just he was in his own mental space, and I don't like not good or bad, just different. Mm -hmm. And that kind of came out during the training when uh, we were all taking a knee and kind of explaining, talking about a situation, and it was his turn to kind of talk about a situation. And the way that he explained it was so. Oh, God, how do I explain it? I, I don't remember what he said exactly, but if you were to listen to this guy, it, it, you would. the instructor stared at him and, and was like, what did he just say? Like discombobulated, oh, confusing, yeah. trying to ex just not entirely there. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, the rest of our group was, uh, you know, trying to ch uh, chime up for him. Like, yeah, he, he meant this, this and that. And, you know, we're trying to cover for him. Right, right. Yeah, and, as one does. <laughs> yeah. And like, like to get a little bit more context on this, guys. Like, when we get our wisdom teeth taken out in the military, mm -hmm. you know, we're told to spit the blood and all that stuff out, right? Right. Or it kind of just, he swallowed. He oh. swallows it the whole time there. Good and boy. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, he, he he swallowed, but uh, you know, wow. it's just uh, he it it's just like he was mentally broken at that point. Like it, yeah, it, it showed that he was mentally right. broken at something. Something snapped. Yeah, yeah. That's crazy but, um, stuff. Yeah, but uh, at that when the the instructors came in, they they said it was uh, Grim Reaper time, is what they called it. Oh, interesting. I'd, I it, yeah, and um, they didn't pull him aside then and there, but you know, once we we're all let out, you know, I I think they I didn't see him in the graduate or you know the part where we're all standing in line um uh, alongside the ship to you know right. the music and all that. I didn't see him there, so we kind of knew what happened, that uh, he got pulled aside. That's uh, too but, bad. Uh, but later on, uh, when we did meet back up in the compartment, uh, we talked to him, and, you know, they said that, yeah, he's he's going to be, um, I believe the word was asmode. Yeah. We, you know, sent back a few, uh, a division. But, he, you know, he, he's, I believe he's doing good. You know, he got the medical attention and, you know, the help that he's he needed. Good. So I hope he's good. doing well. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But um, wow. but yeah, the uh, the graduation after the uh, battle stations was uh was really emotional for me and a lot of us there. Not only for you know that the fact that you know we just did it and you know went through all this stuff to you know do what we 
or hoping and dreaming to do in the Navy. But, you know, I, I teared up the most when I got to shake my RDC's hand for the first time. Yeah, right. <laughs> because this guy, this guy, not, not just because of that moment, because he is the hardest motherfucker I have ever met in the Navy. And he was a, a HTC, HTC, uh, a Holtec chief. Yeah. He was um, a hunched back kind of guy, short, bald, like no hair, like ever touched his head. Yeah, yeah. And he was like a hard motherfucker. Niederman was his name. Mm -hmm. I'll always respect that man. And, uh, you know, hope that he's doing well. Yeah. Well, yeah, that was uh, that was boot camp. And uh, it was it was a wild time, you know, good times, bad times from the. (laughs) <laughs> the fights in the compartment at night between people really? for snoring or, uh, you know, trying to yeah, yeah. get people to motivate others, you know, like, yeah, we had little rallies, like, you know, the, uh, the recruit, uh, the recruit chief or whoever they are, the, the one that was assigned by the, you know, the, are the, yeah, RPOC and A-Rock. Yeah. RPOC. That's it. Yeah, you know, they would try to gather everyone together when it's, you know, lights out and we're all trying to sleep. And they're like, hey, guys, get up. Let's talk about what's going on today. And people are like, man, we're trying to sleep. <laughs> and, you know, sometimes fight would start. But, you know, sometimes he would have some good stuff to say. But, you know, it, there was some good times and bad times. That's yeah. what I could say about boot camp. Yeah, yeah. Most fit I've ever been in my life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It does. Uh, you drop some weight and uh, get into shape. Yeah for sure oh yeah awesome so um so of course after that you know you uh go down to lackland for a school right so that is correct good old lackland uh air force base in uh san antonio texas i remember um the night from uh shipping out from uh boot camp was an interesting night because you know you made friends Mm -hmm. with some of your bunk mates you know some of the people there and you realize that you know, if you don't keep in contact from that point on, you may never see each other again. Exactly. Or hear from each other again. So yeah, it's a weird you know, thing. I was, yeah, throughout the night, you know, it's just like people would disappear. Yeah. You know, they they would be woken up, be like, "Hey, it's time to go," and you know, the others be still asleep. And when it's your turn to wake up, you'd find you know people that you're hoping to say bye to or you know something to, they're already gone. Wow. Yeah. 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 I. Uh... I'm glad that. Sorry. No. No. That's. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I was a little different. I, I ended up leaving, like, in broad daylight a little bit earlier. I, I had some special circumstances going on. But, um, but yeah, that's... I, I've heard stories about that, yeah, where it's just like, uh, wake up, everybody's gone, like, I'm the last dude, or whatever. So, damn, yeah. yeah. Um, I remember uh, when it was the uh, MA's turn, it was me, uh, my... Bunkmate, uh, what was his name? Brian. Uh, he was a really funny dude and one of my good friends in the early times of the military. Mm-hmm. Um, he was also going to uh, MA school uh, with me, so I was really excited to have someone that I know from boot camp coming along with me. But um, yeah, once we uh, got to Lackland, um, you know, with a bunch of other people that I don't know from other divisions, you know. Like, hey, you know, we're all going to Lackland, and I'm just there, you know, with head trying to sleep and all that stuff. And we're all joking around about people sucking air cock because, you know, their head is back and yeah. sleeping and their mouth is open. Yep, yep. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. 
And uh, I remember once we got there, our group, uh, we're thinking about how hungry we are. And um, I was, or we were just like, yeah, we're pretty hungry. We don't know exactly where to meet up with our uh, contact there. So I decided, and a few of us decided to uh, head over to the food court in the airport Mm -hmm. because we had money, you know, it was our first time being able to kind of buy what we want to buy. Yep. So we were kind of excited to get some real food in us for for once. Uh, spent a good hour there just eating, and then uh, I believe the one of the instructors found us. He's like, "What are you guys doing? <laughs> you guys were supposed to meet us over at the uh, the. Oh, it was not the USO, but it was where the USR parked their vehicles because right. I think they were just waiting for us in in the van." Oh. And then they came looking for us. <laughs> and we're like, we were hungry. We didn't know where you guys were. We were hungry. We went to the food court. Yeah. So we ate. And they're like, we had food in the galley prepared and all that stuff back at the uh, at Lackland. Oh. And uh, we're like, yeah. you know, lifted shoulders. You know, our, my, our bad. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. It's not like we're coming down here uh, with cell phones and can text you. Like, we have no idea what's going on. Yeah. Exactly. Not any of us knew what the hell was going on. They were just like, get on the plane. And uh, at least that was uh, what I was told. Get in the, the bus, get on the plane, and you'll fly over there, and then you'll meet someone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, keep it pretty vague for you. Yeah. Yeah, I don't remember pretty my vague. transportation being all that reliable. I got there, like, super late at night. I was by myself. Like, I got to the USO, and they were closing. And I'm like, what am I supposed to do? And they're like, uh, I don't know. Like, there should be a bus outside. I'm like hope there is like where i'm fucked like there is (laughs) yeah uh the first taste of the reliability of the navy yeah yeah at least though at that point i i had my cell phone so like i could have maybe called someone but i don't know who it wasn't a smartphone so it's not like i can you know order up an uber or anything like right they didn't have that kind of stuff back then they had taxis yeah yeah i would have you know spent like two hundred dollars getting to the stupid base and stuff yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah, and then um, Lackland, God, getting there, it was a, the training at Lackland was awesome. I had a blast. It had its ups and downs. For sure. For sure, but it was definitely a blasty blast. Um, It was a good time. (laughs) I remember getting there, and uh, our first um, PT night, when we are uh, PTing together and, you know, going out for a run in the early morning with the other Air Force uh, recruits around and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, you know, being us coming from the Navy boot camp, you know, and they teach us, you know, we're better than all the other branches, like, you know, go Navy, beat Army, or, you know, like, uh, Army needs, always needs a ride with the, the Navy because they can't fight their wars without us kind of stuff. Yeah. You know, and they, they would teach the, our RDCs in boot camp would teach us these um, chants or... Um, Cadences. What yeah. do they call them? Cadences. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, cadences. When we ran, you know, to kind of mock the other uh, branches in our first uh, run out, you know, that's all we sang was just mocking the other branches. Especially when we got by the Air Force recruits, man. Of we course. were at the top of our lungs, running and just, you know, mocking them. But once we got to the, once we got back to, <laughs> once we got back to our parking lot. Our instructors were not happy. Oh, great. They beat the shit out of us in the oh, parking lot. Man. I'm not talking about physically, you know, like right, right, you know, like that. But you know, PT, 
some intense burpees, some, you know, sprints back and forth, some of everything in the early humid hours of Texas morning. Yep. Yep. So definitely learned after that not to ever do that again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, come up with some new cadences, you know. I think. Yep. Uh, yep. And we, we came up some some pretty cool cadences, you know. <laughs> yeah. But uh, but yeah, there was some some good times with uh interaction with the uh other people there, the other uh, recruits. Uh, I mean the um, by meaning recruits by the other uh, MAs. Yeah. Couldn't interact with the Air Force recruits because <laughs> no, they were no. uh, shuffling, 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 whatever they do to try to uh, form up or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thing. Who knows what the hell the Air Force is up to, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, A school, I, I remember at least a little bit. We actually didn't do that much in the way of PT. I was kind of surprised. Um, but, of course, really? I would, yeah, I always remember like getting OC sprayed, uh, computer-based training, yep. shooting, and yep. uh, airsoft. Like that was it was a pretty pretty cool A school. Not gonna lie, it was fun. Airsoft. I don't remember the airsoft. I don't. I don't think I got to do the airsoft because I only got red guns <laughs> or the blue guns. Really? Now, now I I'm wondering. Don't... Like, did we do airsoft? Did I dream that? No, we we did airsoft. Well... Like, we shot instructors and everything. <laughs> Right at the very end. You, you may be right. My my memory is still trying to remember that. I do remember doing a sim round training, but that wasn't at uh, boot camp. That was with uh, SRFA 2 oh. when I was in Banger. Okay. But um, that was a blasty blast, by the way. Sim rounds are fun. Yep. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, um, A school, the uh, the training was, uh, was great. The OC course was... Um, I've never screamed in pain so loud in my life before. Oh, God. It's just the worst. It's like your eyes are melting out of your face. It's so bad. Oh, God. It is so bad. And then the water afterwards just doesn't help. Yeah, you I, think it's going to, like, remember, nah, it'll soothe a little bit. Uh-uh. Nope. Yeah, I remember them saying, like, get some baby shampoo in your eyes and, you know, don't don't rub. Just, you know, rinse it out. Get it in your eyes. But I remember, like, I was so nervous. So nervous because I'm not the one that's going to go first, so... People that have gone before me, you know, I hear them screaming in pain. I hear, I see them running, trying to do the thing, you know, just, ah. Yeah. And I'm, it comes my turn. I'm like, okay, I have a strategy for this. Yeah. When it's my turn to get sprayed, I'm going to bow down for a second and shake my head. Yeah. Try to get some of it off my face. Did that, that didn't work? work too well. No. Uh, no. Never does. It, 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 most, it just spread further all over my face. Oh, of course. Um, And when they told me to open my eyes, you know. Instantly, I'm just in pain, screaming, just like cursing every curse I knew. And they're like, Vineyard, Vineyard, pay attention. What is your social? And I'm just trying. I'm just like, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was Um, hideously painful. It was. But, you know, after after the first few seconds or after, I don't know, 10 seconds, I felt like eternity of pain. Yeah, uh, I was I was able to finally spit out you know my last four numbers and they're like all right go to the first station, and you know doing the whole thing, keeping you know the whole one eye kind of closed and just trying to open the other one. Yeah, yeah, do something. <laughs> yeah, they tell you to strobe your eyes. Yeah, none of that shit works. None yeah. of it works. You're just in pain. It just sucks. You just gotta 
get through it and just hope that you are not going to die in the process if you ever get sprayed in real life. Yeah. Oh yeah. But um the tra- the training was was fun like um the OC course uh when I went through it, you know, did it um got to the uh the water station and I I in my head I knew it was going to just reignite because at this time I was just like kind of used to the normalization of the pain yeah like it hurts it hurts it hurts but i'm like if i put water on this it's just gonna make it so much worse but i had to do it yeah and i did it and i screamed a second time i was like oh yeah man (laughs) so incredibly painful yep and then uh they advise us you know that night if if and when you do take a shower you know lean forward into the shower don't just let the water run down your body yeah. <laughs> yep. Because that they'll get into sensitive parts, and it's going to make people hurt. And it has happened to a few of my shipmates oh, yeah. during that uh, that night. <laughs> yep. Yeah, you hear people yelling and <laughs> from down the hall, even like it just hurts and it sucks. Yeah. yeah. Oof. If, if I may, I do have some advice for any uh, incoming MAs into the uh, Navy rate. Absolutely. You know, if you're going to if you're going to be doing or if you're going to a school or I hope you'd be going to a school, once you get to a school, like volunteer to do uh, some of the, uh, the training, you know, like uh, be a part of the, the OC course, you know, if you can be the red man, it is fun to just be able to mess with the person that is going through the thing. Cause that you have to fight them and punch them in the face if they're not doing their defenses, right. Or, you know, be the person with the baton. If they're, not holding their baton right you could whack them on the fingers as many times as you want yeah you know, yeah it's, it's, it's also a good opportunity to uh network and networking is very important when getting into the navy Definitely. for your own mental health and for just you know your career absolutely yeah yeah lots to be said for that and uh different different opportunities like it yeah i, I remember after getting sprayed then like that bumped up your liberty and uh i was like hey i can wear civilian clothes and go out and get a beer and i was all all about it man i was was happy the different phases of uh liberty while at uh a school phase one two and three Mm -hmm. i remember the first time going out to uh san antonio in uh phase one and we had to wear our uh peanut butters or our um the uh, yeah the peanut butter the service uniform yeah uh, not that's it the service uniform yeah and uh going out you know with one ribbon and you know the uh two uh marks for you know a uh, seaman apprentice yeah yeah you know, just going out looking looking like what we do and it was raining out so we had our uh trench coats yeah yep. so it was me and my friend in the mall wearing these trench coat looking things you know, trying to shop for our own clothing for when, you know, phase two and three come around or just, you know, for our own time yeah. uh, in our own rooms, you know, just something comfortable to wear. And everything was just so expensive. Oh, really? I remember that. Yeah. But, yeah. Well, I guess everything's expensive when you're still, you know, only in boot camp or A school. It's not like you're getting paid the big bucks. So. True. But I mean, at the time, I. You know, having a paycheck like that for the first time and not being able to spend it, going to the mall was, it was, it was definitely impulsive buying at that, t- at that yep. point of just like, 
does this does this shirt fit nope i love the design i'm buying it anyway you know yeah. these shoes yep i'll take it uh the hat you know i just tried to find my style again after you know having my character broken down <laughs> right right yeah it was uh it was definitely a different <laughs> different thing different style yeah yeah it's it's funny when you know whenever you go out to uh you know areas that have bases like that um where they have training and you go to like the mall or go shopping you could you could almost point out which ones are the uh the ones that are in training because of you know the different styles of clothes that they'd be wearing you know with the backpack and yep. having their shirt tucked in or have their dog tags out and just yeah yeah <laughs> stick out like a sore thumb funny. yeah it's it's exactly. funny how that works um yeah um all right so so a school and uh it's probably early on in a school maybe even before you got oc sprayed um they they tell you about prp command uh when when did you first hear about prp uh <laughs> oh boy prp so prp how that came about was uh it was during our um shooting instruction that, oh, that uh, we late. were uh <clears throat> yeah it was a uh, during that time that uh, they, well, I mean, we, we, they were telling us about PRP and did the training, you know, go stand in the field, stand in the fence line and report everything that is going on. You get to carry a, a, a long red gun. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, you just tackle people that are trying to run towards the plane. And, uh, you know, that, that kind of training. I mean, I kind of got an idea what PRP was and it was anti-terrorism force protection or in my head, you know, just, being infantry of the navy yeah you know, just being being that but um when we got when we came up to orders and uh getting to uh, pick orders and um stuff like that before we went to orders they did have a sit down with us and did a prp interview mm-hmm. uh, with each and every one of us in a classroom and they he just asked us you know broad questions about you know what are you supposed to, so he would explain what PRP is, you know, like it's absolute defense, you know, nothing gets through. If you see that person cross that line, you are ordered to shoot them without question kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's wild. And, uh, it was, it was interesting because the interviewer was asking us questions, um, you know, like, so after kind of instructing us, you know, what PRP is and was like, all right, so here's the interview part, you know, I'm going to ask you, um, you know, if you, these questions will determine if you're suitable for PRP or not. Yeah. Um, and uh, he would ask us, you know, if you're in this tower and uh, you see, you know, some activity or you see um, someone trying to cut through the fence and they get through and they're coming towards your tower, you know, what are you going to do? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, they would ask each and every one of us, uh, you know, what we would do. And uh, my answer was I would, you know, shout my command you know to stop and then uh they don't stop you know warning shot and that's kind of where i fucked up uh yeah because there's no navy doesn't shots. do warning shots <laughs> not well not on land anyway so i mean yeah. on land yeah yeah you're right on land yeah um so i got that wrong but you know he's like he, the person reminded me like there's no such thing as warning shots and I'm, i was straight up like then i guess i'd shoot them yeah 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 you know, and others would be, you know, saying other things like, oh, I'd shoot the ground around him or, you know, they, they try to avoid saying, you know, that they shoot him right, or them. Right. Yeah. You know, and I guess that qualified me for PRP is that I'm willing to shoot someone. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. It was, um, 
Yeah, they would ask you stuff like that. And I was I was just like, to me, I was like, I don't really want to go PRP, but I don't know like what else there is to do. And like, they asked me like, all right, so somebody, uh, they're hopping the fence. I'm like, I'd shoot them. And I thought that was like sociopathic enough for them to be like, uh, all right, no, no. But they're like, oh, good. No, that's exactly what they want. And I'm like, uh, You're our crap. kind of person. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're a sociopath. Let's send you to Banger High for two years. With the rest of the sociopaths. Exactly. The Marines. Exactly. Yeah, that Love was, them, uh, by the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, the Marines were, were good good dudes. Um, yeah. Oh, boy. PRP. Good grief. But, so. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so how I ended up in PRP. Uh, so at the time, I was in a uh, relationship with my... Um, with a person at the time mm -hmm. and uh, they were in California and I wanted to stay relatively close. Sure. And, uh, you know, they were offering, um, Swift pack or, you know, PRP banger. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I was thinking in my head, you know, like I could do that and, you know, be close. Right. And, uh, I scored really good on all my tests to where I got, you know, within the top five or top three to pick, I was number two mm -hmm. to pick. Oh, wow. And they had orders like Naples, Italy, uh, Okinawa, Japan, uh, Siganella, um, Guam. Actually, those got Canex. They got moved over to PRP, which they were pretty pissed about. Which oh, you, yeah. I think you remember Rothel um, and his group. Um, they, they were they were um, I think they were uh, MLA. Oh, that's probably why I never never saw them. Yeah. Yeah, but oh, Say Chow. You know Say Chow. Yeah, yeah, I remember Say Chow. Yeah, he Yeah, he was in my class and uh he was supposed to go to Guam. Uh, man. With 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 uh Schmidt and Say Chow and the rest of them. They were so pissed. Oh yeah, I would be too. Oh, it sucks. But um But yeah, I remember them being in my class and I uh out of all those awesome, amazing orders, you know, overseas to where I wanted to go and experience some cool stuff. Mhm. I decided to do PRP Swift Pack Banger Washington. Yeah. For at the time who I thought, you know, to be the love of my life. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so another advice for, you know, young people out there is, you know, live your dreams, you know, not don't live it for other people. Yeah. No, that's that's good advice. You know, and especially if it comes to, you know, you could live overseas and you know, experience new experience things. Experience that kind of life. You know, if it's meant to be, yeah. they'll they'll be there when you get back. You know. Exactly. But you know, I, at the time I wasn't regretting it. I was. Yeah. No, you did what you thought was, was right at the time. Feel... Hindsight's always going to be twenty twenty. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, looking back on it, I mean, I, I loved my time at uh, Banger, not because of the command, but because of no. the people that I met, the people that I worked with, some of them and the climate and meaning you know the area itself like the the beautiful puget sound yeah. you know, the trees the atmosphere the water you know seeing the mountains uh when the sun rises or sun setting on clear days on the boats was just beautiful yeah and yeah. i'm trying to get back there trying to get oh, back yeah? to paul's bow oh no shit. no yeah. kidding yeah that yeah. that'd be awesome are you how long have you been looking at moving out there like Looking for jobs. Ever and since stuff. I left. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, so let me explain upon that further. Um uh it was last year. Um I 
took a trip up to uh, Washington State. I uh, rented a uh, Airbnb nice. uh, house there for a few days just because, you know, I really missed my time up in Washington, you know, just for the sure. beautiful views and all that stuff. And also Fujiyama's, that, that restaurant I, I fucking love. That place is awesome. Um, yes, yeah, the yum yum sauce and the steak and lobster. Oh, yep. my God. Fried rice. But, nice. um, yeah, I, I took a trip uh, there last year. And, um, yeah, I, I just, I felt that peace, you know, and after leaving the military and after having you know, a whole lot of stuff happen during the military, I've been trying to find my own peace. And, you know, when I think of peace, I think of Paulsville, Washington, or just, you know, that general area. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, af after that week there, um, I decided, you know, what, I'm going to try to, uh, get a job up there, um, doing something I already know, which is security. Yeah. And, uh, moved up into seattle for a few months mm -hmm. and then uh stuff happened I'll, I'll i could get all back to this uh in a bit i feel like this sure. is kind of at the end of this whole story yeah yeah but sure, um man. you know but yeah but i mean you know moved back uh here to be with family and stuff in the end but uh but yeah uh my time in uh banger was a experience that i do not regret entirely because, like I said, you know, great people I met. I got to meet you. Yes. I got to meet uh, Pena, Pena Baker. Yeah. You know, yeah. My best friend Pena. I miss that dude. Yeah. Um, you know, got to meet uh, other awesome, uh, you know, some awesome supervisors like uh, Cox was. He was a cool dude. Um, yeah. I, I remember Herd. He was he was a funny funny dude. Herd Herd yeah. Turtle. Yes. Yes. <laughs> And then there was uh, Tibbetts, the the salty one, but you know the by the book salty one. He was he was funny sometimes. Yeah, yeah, I, I haven't talked to him in a while either. Yeah, all these names yeah. are just like I gotta look this dude up. You know what, what have they been doing? Yeah. Yeah, Raymer. Oh man, Raymer is awesome. I love love that dude. Like I remember, um, I, it was either you or Raymer that taught me how to uh, dip the bow of the boat. No, I believe it was Raymer and Gleason that taught me how to dip the bow of the boat. Yeah, yeah. And those times of dipping the bow in the boat were so much fun. Oh yeah, so they just get like, they would get like a tidal wave to come over that thing. <laughs> yeah, they were so good at it. It's yeah. just like the the timing, the precision is just like I want to be that good. Yeah. <laughs> and get people on the gun soaked. Yeah. No, they were. Uh... There's something else, man. <laughs> yeah, speaking of shenanigans at Banger. <laughs> yes, yes. I don't even know if we're supposed to be talking about some of this stuff. Oh, well, I think, you know, so far so good. I mean, there might be something else that, that we shouldn't talk about that I think you know what I'm talking about that we'll just kind of gloss over. But, you know, dipping the bow yeah, of the boat, I mean, that's I just so. normal operations. We didn't necessarily do it on yeah, post. Yeah, or just kind of bumping into the fence. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, what uh, you know, it happens. What are you gonna do? It happens. Yeah. Yeah, there was there were some great times and some bad times. I I remember when uh, you know, people got hurt. You know, trying to come into the pier a little too fast and hitting some stuff that's under the water. Horvath. Yeah, yeah. I I think that was after my time, but I remember I came back to visit and you guys were talking about it. It was like holy shit. Yeah, it was it was bad. So. What happened um, was there was a uh, because they were doing construction in mm -hmm. that area, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, they had uh, 
it had something sticking out of the water that didn't have its light fully illuminated oh, or that it was kind of just not clearly seen. Yeah. And because, you know, uh, we're crazy and bored out in the water, you know, when we are ready to get off the water, we, you know, full speed, you know, forget, you know, no waking anyone out. We're getting back. Yeah. At least yeah. That, that was Horvath's kind of way. <laughs> I think that was pretty much everyone. He was not not special in that that mentality. No. Yeah. No. I mean, you, you're right on that. But, I mean, it's just, yeah, he, he hit it going pretty fast. And uh, it was him, Pena, and uh, I believe someone else was on the boat with him, too. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, he hit it, and um, he, he hit the, the steering wheel yeah. um, in the coxswain chair pretty fucking hard. Pena got, was in the passenger seat on the left and, you know, slammed up against the window pretty hard. And uh, I don't know where the third person was. I believe they were probably standing and holding on to the railing, but they, they got thrown forward too but we're all right mm-hmm. um i think uh horvath ended up cracking a few of his ribs and pena may have had a concussion but uh they were still able to get the boat in and uh get an ambulance down to the pier i remember this because the next day we all got you know a call to come in you know for a safety stand down you know those things happen just about every time something every time we sneeze yeah yeah exactly <laughs> Yeah, let's sleep deprive you. That'll teach you about safety. Get in here. Yeah, it's always something Working, stupid. you know, late nights, you know, no sleep, standby crews and all that stuff. Wonderful times. Yeah, yeah. yeah but, uh, you know, there was, there was a lot more good times that, you know, happened outside of Banger, you know, like going to Seattle with uh, with everyone or, you know, just going out of town, like, um, or going to the... Toys R Us and just getting some masks that yeah, one night. Yeah, With that you, was hilarious. You, Taylor, and Pena, and um, Alexander. Yeah, yeah, that was. And then we tried to go grocery shopping, and they're like, "No, take those off." And it's like, ah, little do you know, in a decade, <laughs> we'll be required to be wearing well some sort of facial covering to enter the store. But yeah, yeah. we're just we're just being prepared. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're we're ahead Forward of our time. <laughs> yeah. Oh uh, yeah. I still have that mask, by the way. No kidding. That's awesome. Yeah, I still have it upstairs. I mean, it's Boba Fett's helmet. How would I? Why would I ever give that up? That's a good point. Yeah. yeah I I don't yeah. know if I still have my Darth Vader mask. It's probably in in Idaho at my parents' house. I'm not not sure what happened <laughs> to it. Oh man. Yeah, it still exists though. Yeah, yeah, it's still somewhere. Oh, that's awesome. And then trying to play beer pong that night with wearing those masks. Oh yeah, you couldn't <laughs> see anything. <laughs> Nope. (laughs) Well, and it was, but that was the thing is, it's like people don't understand just what a crap command and terrible hours you worked. So like, you really did have to be pretty tight knit and, yeah, and and hang out and decompress. Very tight knit, and you know, I believe you mentioned it before in uh, other podcasts that uh, Harbor usually tends to be the redheaded stepchild of the other uh, divisions or commands. Yep, and. uh, Funny thing that you mentioned that. Did I ever tell you how I got into Harbor? No, no, I don't think so. So, I was uh, going through uh, Ort, which was its own beast, because my instructor was uh, this like shredded, big, um, like black uh, staff sergeant. I think Hamilton. Hamilton, yes. Yes, Staff Sergeant Hamilton. Double salutes. Yes. Absolutely. I remember he was uh, my instructor and uh, one of the one of the coolest guys. Oh yeah, he was awesome. Um, 
he uh it wasn't him um i was mentioning to him or trying to talk to him about you know hey you know where are we possibly going to be going next from where we go because you know there was the uh the waterfront there was the land side and then there was uh harbor and then there was staff yeah yeah and uh you know he was he's like vineyard you're going to the wire you're going you're going behind the wire uh... <laughs> and I'm, in my head i'm like i've you know at this point learned quite a bit about what's back there and what they do and all that stuff and it's basically a prison yes and yes, if you're is. not on your shit you are you know going to be you know reamed up so hard that you'll just hate life for the rest of your life <laughs> yeah yeah no it's but, a nightmare um, there yeah so i was trying to find a way out of that <laughs> for sure and uh my plan was to try to get to the waterfront or um you know somewhere else mm-hmm. and luckily by uh happenstance uh i had a roommate that i believe uh you've worked with before i'm not gonna name names but he is one of the nastiest motherfuckers i've ever met and i got stories about him too i don't want to drop his name but let's say m okay glasses hmm i I keep talking it'll you could blurt it out molotov Ah, yes, yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. He was he was my roommate and if you remember his uh cleanliness, it wasn't, you know, on uh on par. Yeah. <laughs> so, but he was uh in harbor at the time and he was my roommate and I was going through Ort and uh you know, I remember seeing him coming back one morning and he had his uh float vest. Mm-hmm. And you know, I was asking him like, "Hey, you know, if you don't mind me asking, what uh, what do you do? He's yeah. like, oh, I work harbor, you know, do the, the bullshit out on the water, drive boats and stand the gun and all that stuff. And I was like, can I do that? And, you know, at the time, being a naive uh, child, <laughs> not realizing uh, what I'd be missing out by going to Waterfront, which I could have just hung out with you guys anyway, being Waterfront, yeah. is that, um, you know, you guys needed people oh, all the time. Sure. Manning oh, yeah. was always a problem. Yeah, it's like, what are and, we gonna know, get the... Wacken Hut to augment for us? Like, it was, it was crazy, man. <laughs> Just had Whacken no bodies. Hut. Yeah. Yep. Oh, those, 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 those guys out there, Wacken Hut. Yeah. But um, yeah, Malt. I felt like you know, Maltor was like, oh yeah, we could definitely use more people, and uh, I kept bugging them like night after night, you know, like, hey, you know, have you talked to your chief? Have you talked to your first class? You know, about getting someone in from Ort. And it was about uh, a week later that he was like, yeah, I'm going to get an interview with you for with uh, ME1 uh, Wells. Missed that dude. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Chief uh, Connery. Okay. Uh, the harbor chief. And uh, I, was, I was really excited. I was like, yeah, all right. And, and I'm thinking it's an interview. What kind of questions are they going to ask me? Right. And he's like, oh, just, you know, how comfortable are you are with boats and stuff? You know, do I have any experience and stuff like that? And. Honestly, I don't have any experience driving boats or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> but uh, I came up with something because uh, the next day, uh, or that day of the interview, I got pulled to the side by uh, MA1 Wells, got introduced to them, mm-hmm. and uh, they're asking me, you know, have you ever you know, been behind the wheel of a boat? You know, how do you do? You ever get seasick? Yeah. You know, how do you uh, do? You swim well? You know, can you get second class swim qual if, if offered? And uh, I was like, yes. You know, I've 
I'm a good swimmer, which yeah. at the time I thought I wasn't that good of a swimmer. Yeah, but you figure but, I'll uh, figure it out. You know, I'll get there. Exactly, figure it out as, as I get as I get there. Um, I never driven a boat, but you know, I came with the. Uh, I was on a boat before, but never got to drive it. But I said, sure, I drove it for like a little bit, just not you know in a serious manner. And I just sold it up that I've always wanted to drive boats. Yeah. There and you, you know, go. They they took me in. That's awesome. Wait, wait to make don't your get own me wrong. I, I, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. I absolutely, I wouldn't say absolutely. That's a strong word. I loved my time in Harbor. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, uh, like being there the first time meeting, uh, Ragsdale, uh, yeah. Ricketts, I think his name, another one, uh, Palmer, mm-hmm. you know, all the, all the great people and you yourself, like you're definitely, you know, one of the most memorable ones of, uh, my supervisors that made a great impression on me. Oh, thank you. Thank you. No, thank you. Glad that, you know, like glad there's some positivity that I brought to the table. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, yeah, you know, a solid punch to the chest will definitely, you know, remind me to remember the fucking answer next time. Oh, I've I've forgotten about that during guard mount. You get a question. I mean, yeah. Full disclosure for the listeners, like they're wearing float coats. So they had sappy plates and then yeah we had plates and cushioning so it's just like yeah. nothing it's just more like a shove like you idiot yeah and then like you'd punch it so it would hurt the puncher way more because you're hitting uh, a ballistic plate and then yeah you guys had padding <laughs> next to your chest and then you just like would go back into the wall but you're wearing a helmet too so like we just didn't care we almost did it like even if you got a question right just to kind of screw around yeah. but yeah i had yeah. forgotten about I mean, that yeah, hilarious even then you know gas 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 and you know if we got it wrong you know, gassed up. I remember the times when we were doing our own thing mm-hmm. during guard mount while everyone else was having their guard mount. Yeah, yeah. I would always think it'd be so awkward, like, all right, guys, we're just going to toast on out of here because we're the cool kids. Yeah, yeah. We were on our own program, <laughs> and I think they stopped liking that after a while. But um... Yeah, they, they definitely integrated us into the line and uh, did gear inspections and... Uh, if we got answers wrong, everyone got gassed. And, you know, us being the redheaded stepchild, you know, thinking we're hot shit. I mean, we were on the water, but, you know, when it comes to useless knowledge that we don't need to know when out on the water, it's like, uh, gas, gas, gas. <laughs> yeah. 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 It was, uh, guard mount. Oh, man. Glad I don't have to do that yeah. crap anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I, oh, sorry. Go on. No, no. Yeah, it's something. Go for it. I was just remembering one story about a certain individual. And his name is uh, Rambo. I believe you could probably fill the rest. Yes. Um, do you remember the incident on the pier when uh, Penny locked himself in the port john Yeah, yeah. I do kind of, kind of <laughs> remember that. Yeah. So... For the listeners out there, what happened uh, on that day, it was an early morning, and uh, I'm just going to call him Rambo, was uh, on a boat that was coming in to be relieved by a new crew. And as he was on one of the lines about to toss it around one of the moorings to get tied up, he was yelling out loud, like, oh, man, I really need to take a big shit right now, as loud (laughs) as he could. And, like, he... (laughs) <laughs> as he's as he was yelling that, I believe it was Bowman that was uh, next to us, and Pena, and uh, a few others. Mm-hmm. And uh, someone said to Pena, "Like, hey, Pena, go up to the Port of John, 
and just go sit in there and lock it because it's the only portage on on the pier for yes. like a good i don't know mile or more yeah yeah exactly yeah yeah I and uh it's I all just... open and exposed so there's like no hiding on that pier no no you are subject to aerial surveillance so <laughs> yep or just you know some bystander in the tower just happened to be looking our way or you know someone on the subs looking at us you know staying watch or just some construction worker but uh what happened next was penny ran up to the gangway to the uh, portage on jumped in there locked it and uh rambo being rambo um tied up the boat jumped off didn't help you know anyone else to like unload any of the, the stuff you no, know just, like kind of jumped off being rambo and you know it's just like i understand you got to take a shit so he runs up there and uh he gets to the door and I'm falling behind, kind of listening. I believe you were in the uh, the harbor truck at the time. Oh, okay. Uh, waiting to go back up to the uh, the, the the building, and uh, was on the outside like shaking it. Oh, no, I said his name. I'll bleep uh, Rambo. it. I'll bleep it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Rambo. Okay. Uh, Rambo uh, came up to the poor John and was shaking. He's like, "Hey, I really need to use the poor John. I gotta take a shit and." And uh, Penny was in there like, hey, man, I'm taking a shit right now, you know, in his, <laughs> in his way. Yeah. yeah. And uh, Rambo's like, no, man, really, I got to take a shit right now. And and Penny's like, hey, just give me a minute. I'm trying to take a shit. <laughs> and um, Rambo, I guess, decided he had enough of it and started running down the pier towards the uh, the entrance onto the pier. Yeah. And made it halfway to the scaffolding. Oh. And uh, as I was uh, turning around, thinking, oh, he's just going to run all the way back up to the building to to do his business. Nah. Now he gets to the scaffolding and he drops drawers right then and there for, <laughs> you know, God and country to see what he's doing. Oh, God. And I believe at the time uh, we were just all laughing and, you know, you were like, what, what was going on? And I pointed over to what's going on. And as he was, I believe, wiping his ass with his uh, boxers that he ripped off. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. He uh, was pulling his pants off, and you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> I, I don't exactly remember what you said, but you were just like, the whole hand gesture, and just like, what the fuck, Rambo? <laughs> I Yeah, I do. I, yeah, there's, like, so much stuff where it's, like, you know, scene missing, right? I don't think about it since, like, the moment it happened, and people talk about it. I'm like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I believe that shit that, that pile of shit stayed there for a good long time. No one touched it or yeah, it who's coming to clean it up? Like, come on! Oh my god! Oh, uh, the ride back in the harbor van was hilarious because Cox was like, "You nasty motherfucker! You better wash your dirty ass hands when we get back, and don't fucking touch me." Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh man, <laughs> yeah, your navy career seems very. Uh... Very flush with people shitting themselves. No. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, right. What? What? That's the that's the second instance I could think of so far of people around me shitting themselves. Jeez. But uh, but well, yeah, banger banger was a wild time. Good times and bad, but you know, now, it is what it is. And huh? Like right about the time I was looking at leaving, they were talking about extending us, and. But I, I got out of oh, there after two yeah. years. Did you? How long did you end up spending there? So um, when did you uh, leave Banger? What year? 2012. Ah, 
I got in a car accident in at the end of 2012 in uh, December, if you remember. Were you there at December? No, no. I would have been in uh, Bahrain at that point. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So uh, in December of 2012, uh, during the holiday rotations when, you know, we were on such a strict schedule because, you know, the Manning. Right, um, right. I decided to try to take a day or two while it was... Um, our work schedule, the kind of two days that we have just to get out and go snowboarding. Yeah. And, uh, it was, uh, me and, uh, my wife at the time, mm-hmm. uh, we were on our way up the, uh, mountain, Mount Rainier to, uh, go snowboarding and it was slightly snowing. There was definitely snow everywhere, a light coat of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and as I'm going up this hill, it's like, um, uh, two way traffic one way, each way. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw this car, come around this corner up at like the top of this hill probably about 50 yards ahead of me mm-hmm. and it came around the corner a little too fast and it's uh overcorrected and started sliding uh, all over the road oh, and um at this point it was like kind of sparse traffic but it's just right now it's me versus him mm-hmm. and he's coming at me yeah. you know downhill sliding at like 30 40 miles per hour Oh, God. And I had like five seconds to react. And I remember, you know, yelling fuck as I spin the wheel all the way to the right. Mm-hmm. And because I was panicking, I know you're not supposed to do this. I slammed on the brakes. And uh, the car, uh, being a sedan, uh, I believe it was a Lexus, mm-hmm. uh, hit my front left end and pretty much tore off the whole, like underneath everything on the front left end. And uh, I remember, I don't remember much after that point other than uh, getting out of the car or getting out of my truck Mm -hmm. because I heard my wife, you know, cursing up a storm like, these motherfuckers are going to pay for this shit. Like, we don't got this kind of money to get a new car right now. And I I was just like, oh, my God, my wife's about to go kill him. Yeah. So I jump out of the truck. Yeah, I jump out of the truck, and like a second later, the pain kicks in. Oh, shit. My back, like, sun-sharp sun pain. My left leg just crumples, and my oh. left arm is just, like, in pain. I'm just kind of oh. on my knees on the ground just in pain. Yeah. And uh, my wife finally comes back and pick, kind of picks me up and puts me back into the car. And uh, the ambulance finally got there. And uh, they put me on a backboard and uh, took me all the way to the hospital nearby. And this was kind of like, um, God, how many miles outside of Seattle was this? This was because I went back to, I believe, Seattle Hospital. So it was like um, 20 miles outside of Seattle, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Um, so got back. They did the x-rays, and uh, I remember calling a uh, harbor office <laughs> yeah. thinking, man, how am I going to explain this? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because I got to get back to post, you know, yeah. the next day. And, uh, yeah, so I remember calling, and the first person to pick up was uh, Pittsburgh. Ah, yeah, yeah. Do you remember her? Uh-huh. Um, sure. And uh, I told her, hey, Pittsburgh, and she's like, hey, what's up, Vineyard? I'm like, hey. Uh, I don't know how to put this, 
And I, I now that I'm remembering this, I actually called her while I was sitting in the car in fucking pain, like <laughs> after the accident, waiting for the ambulance. Oh man! Well, hey, you told uh, them notified as immediately as possible. Like, I kudos. I literally did. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, I, I, I was like, hey, Kissenberger, uh, I just want to let you guys know, I was involved in a car accident. <laughs> And they're like, oh my God, are you okay? I'm like, I'm currently in the car right now, waiting for the ambulance. I'm in a lot of pain. Um, I'm gonna pass the phone on to my wife. So I passed it on to her. They talked, and uh, yeah, the ambulance finally got there. And I believe it was not till I was finally in a room, secured to a backboard, and I couldn't turn my head. Mm -hmm. um, uh, gave him a call, and it was not M1 Wells, but it was. Um, don't remember her name, but anyway, um, everyone Wells was, uh, in the call to, uh, explain kind of what happened. And mm -hmm. he's like, all right, well, um, he, he came to come pick me and, uh, my wife up actually, which oh, I thought awesome. was amazing. Yeah. 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 Oh, um, good. which by the way was, I could imagine a huge headache for him because, you know, coming from Silverdale going to, uh, Seattle, yeah. When there's probably no ferries going in at the time of the, uh, this was in the late evening, by the way. Yeah. So it was like no ferries and traffic on I-5 was a nightmare. As it always is. So, yeah. As it always is. So much, much respect for, uh, Ryan Wells for doing that for me. Absolutely. And my wife. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I, I messed up my back in, uh, at the end of 2012 and got PRP downed, um, for, pretty much a good long time after that i just wasn't uh driving boats uh on the watch bill anymore yeah i uh, lost my place to uh get into uh coxon uh school for to get my level two. Oh yeah 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 so Damn. i was pretty depressed about that and then you know just because i wasn't doing anything you know with my back in pain my body in pain and just dealing with all this stuff you yeah. know, chain of command was just breathing down my, my neck like hey when you're gonna be PRP back up you know hey you know yeah. You PRP back up or, you know, just, and if you're not, they treated you like shit. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You know, if you're, if you're PRP down, they treated you like you're fucking garbage. Like you just, or just a useless tool. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, and, there's such <clears throat> shit bags to people. Yeah. And it, it, it caused some, uh, you know, mental, mental problems, you know, it expanded upon the mental problems that uh, I was already going through and, uh, yeah. It uh, it it uh, permanently uh, PRP down me actually. Wow. Yeah. Which I'm actually pretty happy about because you know I'm happy not ever doing PRP again. Turning in my PRP card. Yeah. Was the happiest moment. One of the one of the happiest moments of my life is just like here you go. I don't need this anymore ever again. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I it's such a miserable, miserable command, miserable program. Like, and and yeah, like when people are hurt, it's like yo, they're hurt. It's not through any fault of their own. Like in your case, you got hit by someone, you know, what, you know, what crazy, uh, plan of egress are you supposed to come up with in five seconds, which I think you're over, overestimating that is probably a lot less time than that, you know, th that yeah. you're going to save yourself to, you know, to keep standing watch. I mean, come on, it's, it's ludicrous. And, and when people get hurt, they need to come up with a plan of, okay, this person's, in all likelihood, not coming back to, to this type of work. What can we do for them? Can we cut them new orders? What's, you know, what's the plan? But, but no, mm -hmm. they can't, 
they can't do that. Yeah. Well, I mean, they they eventually did cut me new orders. You know, they put me in charge of a pad or persons awaiting dispositions. You know, that group of misfits. Yeah. So imagine trying to herd cats that don't want to be heard and that are angry and pissed. As cats are. So yes. that's that. Yeah. So during that time of uh, my time at Banger, which you were in Bahrain at this time. Uh, I was working with uh, MA1, oh god, I'm blanking on her name. Turbyfield, MAC Turbyfield was one of them. He was my favorite. Yeah, you remember yeah. Chief Turbyfield? He lived down down the road from me, actually, I think. Not that I ever saw him, oh, but yeah. 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 I remember Turbyfield. Oh, uh, yeah, I was, he, was, uh, he was my chief, and then it was um, MA1 Banks is her name. Okay. Um, you know, she and I kind of, and, uh, MA2 Wallsworth, MA2 Ochoa, you know, great people, you know, just going through bullshit of their life, you know, because of medical reasons or, you know, dispositions with the Navy and, you know, law and stuff. Yeah. And there are some people in that group that I definitely, definitely do not like to this day. I can't say hate because don't like because yeah. everyone banks. <laughs> There's this one gentleman, I'm just going to call him P. Mm -hmm. Um, he he literally did meth what <laughs> dude fucking yeah this this guy literally did fucking meth and uh Holy shit. he got caught and you know in a drug test and you know they had him in pad to get him you know processed out and all that stuff and wow i remember um we had such a problem just trying to keep this to keep this dude you know get this dude to go to um to base oh yeah and he was on restriction the restriction is uh, the restricted people is something that we dealt with. So he was on restriction. And so I had to pretty much watch him and the others. But him was the worst because he would he would somehow disappear. Yeah, as meth heads do. As, <laughs> as, as, as they do. I mean, he would disappear for like the whole day. And, you know, we'd be trying to call him and trying to find, find out where he's at, you know, at these musters. And at, at one point, everyone banks, you know, comes to me. He's like, Vineyard. I'm going to tie, I'm tying your dick to pee here just so you keep track of him and make sure that he, you know, goes and bees where he needs to be. Yeah. Yeah. Got to have accountability to this guy. You run out of options. Yeah. And I got to, I got to sign to him. And, uh, there were times where, you know, I had to, uh, call, uh, chief Turbyfill and MA1 banks and, you know, just let them know what's going on. Cause you know, on restriction, you're not supposed to leave the base. Right. Unless for, you know, specific reasons like legal or, you know, family matters. Mm -hmm. um, and you can't drive. That's another thing. Exactly. For obvious reasons. But, yeah. Yeah. But one day he had his he had his car on base. And uh, I remember police calling the parking lot at the barracks with a few of us. And we saw his car and we saw him sitting there with a girl. And, you know, we came up like, hey, you know. What's going on? Yeah. He's like, oh, I'm just hanging out with my girlfriend. You know, she's just chilling with me for now. You know, she's on break and stuff. I'm like, okay, cool. Get out here and fucking police call with us. Yeah, yeah. Shit. Yeah, exactly. And he's like, okay, okay. You know, and he does. And, you know, 10, 20 minutes later, you know, I lose track of him and he disappears. And uh, I'm like, okay, he's probably going back to the car. No, he's not back at the car, but the girl's still sitting in there. She's probably wondering, like, what's happening? What's going on? Jeez. I don't I don't know, but I figured she's been sitting there for a few hours. Probably. Alone. Yeah, yeah. Good lord. But um it was like around lunchtime that uh 
I got into my car and uh, I believe it was Chief Turbyfield asked me to kind of just keep an eye on uh, P and, you know, follow him. Right. I wouldn't say follow him, but just, you know, make sure he doesn't do anything, you know, that he's not supposed to do because he's on restriction. Stay yeah. on base, stay in the area. Yeah. This motherfucker gets in his car and drives right off the base. <laughs> so I'm following him. And I'm I'm literally on the phone with uh, Chief Turbyfield like, Hey Chief, um, it's me, uh, ME three Vineyard. Um, so Pete uh, is in his car, drove off base, and we're currently over in Bremerton, in like the sketch area. Oh my god! In front god. of this house, <laughs> a trap house, probably. Like, yeah. I I don't know. I'm, uh, and he's like, is is it this address? And I'm like, yeah. He's like, oh, it's his house. I'm like, well, he's out here. What do you want me to do? He's like, all right, just come on back. You know, we got more evidence on him and uh we'll just ding him some more then until he's completely restricted yeah yeah restriction only works when like people or i think it's the they, they're trying to get him to yeah sorry I was, I was gonna say i think they try to get him to get him to go to fort lewis and you know stay in the cell down there Oh, yeah. You, yeah. Restriction only works if, like, the person being restricted is cooperative. Like, otherwise, it's like, you're in jail. Like, honor system. Like, it's the dumbest punishment <laughs> ever. It's so stupid. It, it is. It is the dumbest thing. <laughs> uh, but, um, once I, uh, once I, oh, by the way, that dude got arrested by the uh, base MAs. <laughs> ah, fantastic. Once he got back. Yeah. So, wow. once he got back, um, I was telling, I was keeping contact with Chief Turbifill and everyone banks and they're like, all right, well, you know, this, this motherfucker is definitely crossing lines, you know, definitely disobeying orders, you know, uh, tell us where he's at. And, uh, when he gets back. So when he came back, gave him a call and, uh, it was in front, you know, that the circle at the barracks where they used to have that stupid wreck in the middle of it. Yeah. 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 So the MAs pull up there as, is walking towards me and I'm like, P. Fuck. That's uh, all right. I, I got a timestamp. I'm bleeping this. <laughs> okay. Um, as uh, P is walking towards me, uh, MA1 Banks is next to me, and we're both kind of waiting for this moment. Mm-hmm. We, were, we, were, we were kind of smiling behind our, our you know, neutral faces, like, oh, this guy's about to go. He's not going to be our problem anymore. Yeah. The MAs come up Fine. behind him and we're like, that's him. And, you know, got him detained, put him in the car and handled uh, that whole business. And uh, wow. I think I, the the NCIS uh, investigators came to talk to me and asked me if I wanted to be put under witness protection. <laughs> did you say, well, what did you say? I guess I shouldn't laugh before I know the answer. No, no, you're, you're right. It's just in my head. I'm like, um, I'm good. I appreciate it. But, uh, I wouldn't say witness protection, but under some kind of protective kind of thing where he won't come after me for any kind of stuff. Yeah. Witness protection was kind of just blown out of proportion. Okay. Okay. Yeah. But, um, wow. Oh yeah. You know, I'm just glad to have finally got him out of my hair. M1 Banks and M2 Ochoa. You know, we were just glad to finally got rid of him. For sure, man. For sure. What, what a pain in the ass. Ugh. Yeah. But um, after uh, after Pat, I, I know we were going to get to orders, and I keep rambling on about these other different things. Oh, that's right. But um, when I got my orders, I was uh, I got to talk to the 
detailer mm-hmm. for uh, our for the MA3 or MA2 rate and was trying to talk to them and get an idea of like, where's the possibility of where I could go? Can I put in choices? And they're like, no, you can't really put in choices. It's kind of needs of the Navy. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, okay, well, here's the suggestions of some places that I see that may come up open in the future because I did my research and saw, you know, what's coming up, what's possible, and, you know, hope that maybe I might be able to strike something. And uh, one week or one day I did. I get a call from uh, my MA1 saying, hey, uh, your orders came in. And uh, I'm like, all right, awesome. Come into the office, get on the email, and it's to uh, San Diego. Not too shabby. Yeah, I was I was more than excited. I was stoked, you know, yeah. thinking I'm going back to California, get to have some in and out again, get to Hell yeah, you know, man. be that beach, you know, that nice weather and stuff. Yeah. And actually doing law enforcement because that's what I joined the Navy to do. Yep, yep. Um, yep, and then uh, I believe it was about, Man, before I get that, I spent like a good week, my wife and I at the time, you know, searching and doing research on apartments, you know, and yeah. places like that, figuring out budgets. We're, we're getting so excited. And then a week later, I get a call back from my MA1 saying, hey, uh, your orders got canexed. Oh, uh, you got orders to uh, NA, NAS Corpus Christi. Congratulations. Well, Corpus Christi ain't bad, but it ain't San Diego. I, ah, you disagree. That is definitely an understatement. <laughs> <laughs> a major understatement. I mean, going from PRP, where you know you got the 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 bull- bullshit from the command, and you know just the other stuff that's going on, to a place that's poorly funded, you know, uh... can't take itself too seriously, and it's literally the contractor to uh, sailor or marine or soldier. Uh, ratio is like 10 to 1 or even 20 to 1. Wow. Why so high? It, it was it was not just it's because they also had the uh CCAD which is the Corpus Christi um the army depot where they do maintenance on the army's helicopters from uh, Blackhawks to Hueys uh, to Chinooks okay. and Apaches. So yeah. yeah, they do a lot of their maintenance stuff down there and a lot of uh, they also work on Marine 1 down there too in a special yeah. room. Okay. Wow, but uh, yeah. And uh, when I broke that news to uh, my wife that uh, we're going to Texas, uh, yeah, we were we were both not happy about it. We were yeah. we were excited about California, yeah. but uh, oh, man. it is what it is. And the whims of you know the winds of change said Corpus. So I was like, all right, you know, the silver lining on this is I'll be doing law enforcement. I hope. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So did you get to do law enforcement, or what did they have you doing down there? Let's say, uh, oh, how do I break up the uh, the work in the percentages? It's like I did law enforcement, as in like writing tickets, you know, driving around patrolling, responding to calls. Yeah. And this is like to say probably the whole three to four years that I've been there, I did, I want to say 10, 20% of the time. Oh man, there's that ten to twenty percent that that salty recruiter is talking about. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then the uh, I would say probably about six, uh, probably one, two, three, about forty to fifty percent. No, that's that's. Too, I would say forty percent of it is gate standing. Ah, yeah. Damn it. Definitely a large portion. It is a large, large portion of 
any law enforcement at any command is gate standing. Most of the time standing the gates until you progress from sentry to patrolman. And even then, you know, now you're more flexible to be able to go from gate to gate and drive yourself, really. Right. Um, and then once you got to, say, patrol supervisor, that's when you would do less gate, but you just kind of filled in mm-hmm. more of the spots that needed to begin. Once you get watch commander, you never stand a gate unless it really needed to be filled. Right, right. It's an emergency or something. But, um, yeah. yeah, so, I mean, it, it kind of changes uh, depending on your position. But, you know, starting out in any command, um, it definitely feels like you're doing law enforcement, uh, you know, about 20% of the time. And it could have just been the command itself and the place, um, being that there's not a lot that goes on with the military side. A lot of it is contractor, and that's uh, usually handled by the civilian law enforcement side. Yeah, yeah. Wow. But but it was it was both good and bad times. Same in uh, Corpus Christi, Texas. Sure, sure. So, um, you said you spent like three, three to four years down there, or result- yep. okay, okay, about three to four years in Corpus. So, um, as your time is winding down there, I mean, did you have thoughts of maybe reenlisting? Maybe you could get orders to San Diego. You're like, no, I've got the experience I want. Whatever it was, I wanted to get out of the Navy. Now I just want to get out of the Navy. Um, so how that, uh, I did have orders, um, after, um, I tell you the story, uh, to, I believe it was the George Washington or the Roosevelt on the East coast for brig duty. Oh, damn. And they were going to send me to brig school. So Back to that, was, that was a thing, but <laughs> yeah, but that, that wasn't going to happen because of what I'm going to tell you next. Mm-hmm. So when I was in Corpus Christi, um, it was hard to feel like I was doing law enforcement, you know, doing the dream of helping people, right. you know, responding to calls of, you know, domestic violence, you know, breaking up fights or, you know, just patrolling out and about and just making the community feel safe. Yes. You know, Yeah. when I was there, you know, I, I experienced uh, gate standing, you know, people expecting a salute. Um, yeah. Patrols is mostly just sitting in a spot and just, you know, watching for speed when you know people drive five miles over the speed limit light them up yeah you know, or yeah you know just dumb stuff i felt like i was i wasn't helping people i definitely felt like i was more i guess being an obstacle for people to just you know get on with their miserable lives that they already have right right and yeah. it and it kind of really changed my view about law enforcement because i believe during the time it was uh during some uh, political unrest with uh, George Floyd and you know with the a cab and all that stuff that's going on so yeah being my wife my ex-wife at the time um, being very uh, I wouldn't say like just being a leftist kind of person but very open-minded and you know right. aware of just everything that's going on in our world you know kind of opened my eyes to a lot of the things that are just wrong in this world and kind of I guess that would be the first crack in my uh the brainwashing that the Navy did on me. Yeah. yeah. You know, and that's kind of when I realized that, you know, I joined the military to be a cop because I wanted to do the opposite of my dad. You know, he's been to prison, been to jail, you know, not a great person, but you know, still I wanted to do the complete opposite of him. Yeah. And at this time I felt like I achieved that. And now it's not what I wanted to do anymore. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so I had a change of heart with uh, the career change and, 
thought about trying to change rates to like uh, IT, IS, yeah. uh, CT, you know, something along those lines. But um, I was going through my own mental struggles with it, um, with the work, with my failing marriage at the time. I got divorced mm-hmm. in uh, yeah. 2016 uh, because we were both kind of had different ideas in life. Mm-hmm. about where we wanted to go um yeah they were uh, having uh question they were questioning their own sexuality and wasn't sure if you know they wanted to be still a woman and oh, wanted okay. to transition to something else and you know i absolutely would support them on that and you know wish them the best but you know it definitely you know damaged me in my head because you know my dream was to have this family not, not right. with a kid, but, you know, we had a couple of puppies, yeah. you know, and had a stable career with the Navy and all that. But, you know, things yeah. kind of fell apart and had a few uh, mental breakdowns at uh, in Corpus to where I had to have my uh, gun taken away a few times. Oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, that's a lot to go through. And it's not like, you know, the whatever schedule you're working, 3223 or 9 to 5 or whatever it is, like, is going to give you the time and the space to, to go through something, you know, to process something that major that's going on in your, in your personal life. Um, yeah. My God. I'm, I'm so sorry. I, yeah. I didn't know and the circumstances. No, no, it's all good. No, it's okay. I mean, that's, that's kind of what, you know, it, it was a, one of those de- uh, defining moments of my life because it kind of made me realize that I've been doing a lot of things for other people, mm-hmm. you know, not really thinking much about, you know, what do I want? What do I want to do? And, yeah. you know, it because I had my gun taken away so many times and because I was going through mental stuff, the uh, Navy um, medically retired me in uh, 2017. Okay. Wow. Wow. So, which is, which I'm very happy about, by the way, like mm-hmm. I'm got 80% on my rating. Um, I need to talk to him about, um, upping that rating because that car accident is definitely messed up my back because still today like a few days ago just trying to do tires on my car yeah. like i pinched something in that same spot where i felt that pain years ago oh man and it's still bugging me today yeah oh but, um, man oh. yeah i um i'm sorry if i'm no that's all right man i mean yeah i want to hope i'm giving you space to tell the story because i mean it's a ton like i said said kicking off i mean there's a ton of stuff that i don't know like you know where you where you came from what what you're all about coming into the navy and then um you know a a lot of what's been going on since i didn't know i appreciate the opportunity for this i really do and just you know being able to talk to you again you know just someone to kind of just listen to and and just kind of hear kind of what i've been through yeah yeah which is not all bad either you know there's definitely a lot of good stuff for um, sure. Like running into uh, Rayon at uh, Corpus oh. was a thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I was before this before this uh, this interview. I was thinking about Rayon and how our first interactions that Banger left a yeah. sour taste in my mouth. Yeah. And then knowing that he was coming to Corpus, kind of was just like, oh my god, this is just like the icing on the shit cake. Yeah, of being yeah. In Corpus. Yeah. But, you know, after, you know, experience Rayon at Banger and then experience him in Corpus is definitely a, a change, like a yeah. maturity is something that's kind of 
growing with them. And I'm, it's very small, very yeah. small, <laughs> but, but perceptible. It's, it's something perceptible. noticeable. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> That's what counts. He's realizing. Yeah, he's starting to realize that his shenanigans is kind of frowned upon and that yeah. he should kind of mature up a little bit so that's that's something i started way. to see yeah carries weight when uh working with him in corpus christi i mean there were times that you know, it definitely was being a goofball that rayon is but you know there were times when you know like when he was a patrol supervisor it's just like you know wow doing really good you know that's good and it's just something I, I feel like i could be proud of for him for sure because you know seeing him from banger being a uh, a seaman that's fucking you know doing fucking hand signs at people, you know, doing crazy stuff on the boat and just annoying the shit out of people being the yeah. dipshit that he can be sometimes. Yeah. yeah. You know, I'm glad to see that, you know, the Navy has matured him and that, you know, I hope that he's doing well. Yeah. Yeah. No, it sounds like, I mean, it sounds like he was uh, headed in the right direction there, but, um, yeah. Well, um, you know, with all of your experience and everything else, if someone was thinking about joining the military today, what what would you have to say to that person? Definitely taking consideration of why you're joining. You know, um, for example, I joined because I wanted to get into law enforcement. I wanted to help people. I wanted the reason why I did law enforcement is to help people. I feel like I'm protecting people and to just be there for them when they need help because my childhood was not as good as what others people. So it kind of just depends on what you're going in for and, you know, that you try to hold on to that, but also realize that things can change over years and that, you know, you may find something better or you may get screwed over. You know, yeah. it's kind of how you make of it. And, you know, it's something I keep hearing while in the Navy is, you know, is what you make of it. So, Absolutely true. You yeah. know, don't let don't let the bullshit of, you know, some once you once you do get in, if you do get in, I hope that, you know, person that's listening does get in. If they do, you know, don't mind the bullshit of like the chiefs or the first classes or, you know, whatever rank they may be. They're going through their own shit and they are just they don't know how to express it because, you know, yep. your character is broken down in boot camp and they try to build you up to be a fighter and a warrior, but not, you know, someone with compassion. So definitely true come in with compassion if you can if you can help it but um you know study up on the important stuff that they'll like test you on but know that it'll mostly be like multi-choice questions so it should be easy (laughs) yep yep that's true and uh yeah just make sure that what rate you want that you fight for it and just don't get handed whatever they hand you you know fight for what you want yeah no, I, I think that's really uh, an important lesson, you know, to hold out for it. Um, may not always come through in the end, but, you know, it's uh, yeah. it's worth trying for it. And you certainly proved it in your case, you know, uh, beg, borrowing, and stealing to, to get into Master at Arms and then to get into Harbor. I mean, you, you made it work for you. That's, yeah. that's a good lesson. And, you know, I would also say apply that to just about everything in the navy once you get into there you know you want to take a class to do a certain thing like when i was in banger i wanted to do vbss yes i wanted to be visit board search and seizure so i went to srfa too you know i pushed for that i looked on the the website that they have for the navy on their classes when they have them who are contacting the requirements so yep. look that up and uh push for it you know in your command and 
you know, they'll see that you want it and maybe one day they will just got to be persistent. Absolutely. Yeah. Persistence is definitely key. <laughs> awesome, mm -hmm. man. Um, well, I appreciate you coming on so much and don't worry, I'll, I'll bleep those names out. We're all, all good there, of but, uh, but yeah, I appreciate the stories, the detail and, and catching up and, uh, I, I swear we will catch up someday when there isn't a recording button going on. But, um, but man, thanks. I understand. I, um, I was going to ask, you're on the East Coast? Yes, I am indeed. New York City, Queens, baby. I would, I've been wanting to visit New York for so long. I just didn't know where exactly you were. So, like, I'm, I'm going back to school, by the way, after the military. Oh, nice. I decided to, uh, go back to school to uh try to do uh automotive and diesel nice uh, because my Smart. brother um does automotive you know just trying to figure out what to do after the military was definitely its own kind of thing oh it's huge um, it's everything i'm still yeah i'm still trying to figure that out because uh after 2017 um i went straight to uh universal technical institute here in sacramento california perfect for about six months before I dropped out because of mental instabilities that I was having and with the relationship that I was in at the time with my girlfriend at the time. Um, yeah. But, you know, at that time I realized that automotive was not my thing because of my broken back and my body because lifting oh, yeah. heavy diesel things is not a thing for me. So Yeah, it might be good in theory I... and practicality. <clears throat> yeah, it'd be a exactly. tough, tough so... one to pull off. So I um, started uh, going to school to uh, do computer programming, to get into computer science and see if that has any uh, fancy over me, mm -hmm. you know, just trying to figure out what I'm doing. But uh, yeah. the hobbies that I do do today now that kind of just help me pass the time and keep me sane is uh, my glass art and my stained glass. Oh, awesome, man. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. How long have you been doing, I, uh, doing that? Uh, since I was, since I was 16, oh, I'd say, okay. 15 or 16, yeah. I just never came back to it. Once I joined the military, I didn't come back to it until about 2020, really, yeah. when, uh, COVID hit and we're in lockdown. I'm like, I can't go out. So what am I going to do to, you know, spend the time instead of twiddling my thumbs? Right. So right. Everybody's got back into glass and. Oh, that's so cool, yeah, man. And, uh. I'm really happy with it and uh, got some cool projects uh, that I'm working on and uh, finished a few projects myself on uh, my Instagram. If you, if you've seen the green skull. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, or... yeah. For, um, for YouTube in the description, I can link to your Instagram. People can check out your pieces. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Of course. And yeah, um, that's pretty much what I've been doing. And uh, nowadays, um, I'm actually in between semesters right now, so just been trying to fill my time with uh, glass, audiobooks, and just kind of just trying to find my peace. You know, and that's right. the thing that I've been searching for after the military is just, you know, my own peace. Yeah, yeah. No, that's um, that's a tough, th that can be a tough thing to find, for sure, man. And, yeah. you know. And I, I felt like I, I found it up in Washington when, like when I mentioned yeah. earlier in the, the story, um, 
Sorry if I keep going. There's no, like... no, I'm, I, dude. I understand completely. Like there are a lot of parallels, and um, you know, to me personally, it's like I think okay, Pullsville, Washington. I don't really get like that specific geographic location, but I do get that like there's there's some draw that a place has for you, and you can't really describe it to anyone else. And you're like, no, you just don't understand. I got to move there. I get that. That's why I'm in New York City. Like, no, at no point in my life did I ever think I would end up living here. But all of a sudden, I was just yeah. like, I, I, I think I got to go. And people are just, what? I'm like, no, just trust me. I got to go. And it's like, I'm the happiest now that I've ever been. And like, if there's maybe you can't put it into words, you can't exactly put your finger on it, but it sounds like you can. And you're, oh, Polsbo, I want to go there. Don't let anybody tell you that's crazy or what are you thinking or question you or whatever else. Like maybe try to figure out how to put yeah. it into words, you know, or, or whatever, whatever you need to do or, or come up with a plan of, of how you're going to pull mm -hmm. it off. But like, don't ignore that. That's a, that's important stuff. And, and listening to that and, and following that, like you're, you're going to find yeah. your peace. You're going to find your <clears throat> happiness. And it sounds like you're, you're on your way, man. That's, that's great. Thank you, Andrea. Yeah, man. Uh, that's that's awesome. Um, well, yeah, I'll definitely link to your Instagram with uh, with the glass. And um, are you are you thinking of uh, uh, turning that into a business, or it's more just a, a hobby for now? You're going to focus on school for, for um, work and whatnot. Right now, right now, I'm I'm definitely finding more interest in just crafting things. You know, glass, metal is something I want to work with. Cool. Like blacksmithing, bladesmithing, armor smithing, if I can do it, yeah. um, or woodwork, or just something with my hands. And I just have been realizing after the military, after all of that, you know, gung ho, go shoot something, you know, blow something up, jump out of helicopters and stuff. It's just, yeah. Now that I'm not doing that, it's just, what do I want? And peace is what I want. And, you know, this glass has definitely been something that's been helping me with that but uh right now it's a it's a hobby but maybe sometime soon i'd like to get onto etsy and maybe yeah. start selling some of these pieces or you know maybe make pieces for people that would really enjoy it or just you know other things but right now um it's just a hobby because i don't have the uh the facilities to be able to uh manage a forge to get a lathe in and just all the other large tools I would need. Cause I live in the right. suburbs yeah. in California where it's dry. Yeah. So if I had a forge, people would be like, Oh my God, there's a fire. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You'd be shut down immediately. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I need to get a plot of land and my own workshop, but I do, go. I do plan on um, getting Etsy and yeah. creating stuff to sell. Oh, that's awesome. and maybe just do, creative stuff as a career maybe you know i'm still trying to figure out what i want to do yeah well we're we're all kind of kind of figuring it out together so. <laughs> yeah nobody's yeah. anyone who says they've got it figured out that, that's someone who's lying to you so <laughs> right <laughs> but, awesome man uh that's that's so cool and uh i'm so so happy for you man doing you know getting into something creative like i never really had anything creative and you know doing it is just it's good good for me i get to talk i get to listen you know it rehashed some fun stories mm -hmm. of rambo taking a dump on the pier 
I'll be uh, out of it yes. involuntarily, <laughs> you know, and uh, it's just, it's great, man. It's uh, it's a good yeah. cathartic exercise having gone through the military and all that junk. So, Absolutely. I really appreciate it again for this opportunity. And forgive me, I think I did mess up saying your first name again. <laughs> no, you didn't. No, I think you nailed it. So <laughs> it sounded right Andrea. to me. <laughs> okay. Awesome. Well, um, I really uh, thank you again for this opportunity to oh, absolutely, uh, be, man. Uh, to so much for be on your on. podcast. Yeah. Um, I have um, a um, my current girlfriend who is a former uh, Air Force veteran who has her own experiences. If, if she'd be interested, uh, if you were. Oh, yeah, absolutely. In, yeah. I could introduce you to. Absolutely. Yeah, I'd love to have her on for sure. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, you have. Uh, well, the calendar, I sent you a calendar invite. So, yeah, that, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. I'll send uh, send my phone number, email, all that stuff. I'd I'd love to have her on. What's her name? Her name is uh, Jasmine Mudsmith. She's uh she's on my Facebook account. Um, could okay. uh, probably hit her up on there. Um, yeah, I'll yeah. let her know um, that uh, you'll be you know that you, you that you will be contact or could be contacting her and to be prepared for that. Absolutely, but, man. Uh, she's yeah. When I told her about this, she was like, "Oh my god, that's amazing." We were kind of talking about decompressing and stuff and that your show is the decompression chamber it's it's amazing i know and uh, she would love to <laughs> she would love to be a part of it oh yeah i'd love to have her on man i well dude thank you so much for for coming on for your stories and and for a guest recommendation no one's ever done that before uh on <laughs> on a show so that's that's a first and uh i definitely appreciate it man of course. It's great talking to you again, and I hope to talk to you sometime soon. 